there's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. This is the last podcast on the left. Special edition. <laughs> it is. I think we've decided to call it Henry Yells at Dave Willis <laughs> about aliens. <laughs> so this will be, we'll, we're giving you two episodes this week. This is a special one. Dave Willis, he's the creator of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, your pretty face is going to hell. Yeah. Uh, Squid Billy? Yeah, Squid Billies. And despite that resume, Dave is still stunned <laughs> by the mind of Zabrowski. <laughs> so we have been waiting a long time for this. Can't wait to listen right along with you because Marcus and I haven't heard this yet. This is great. Yeah, I can't wait to hear this thing. What exactly Henry yells at Dave about. Right. So to channel my best inner Zabrowski, uh, you know, go get a Garfield toe, <laughs> smoke a hog's leg full of nug, do whatever you have to do to put yourself in the mindset that might make Henry kind of make sense to you. <laughs> and think- if he starts to make a lot of sense to you, go to the doctor. <laughs> go to the doctor immediately. You've lost your mind. All right, should we give yeah, should we give it a listen, Marcus? Let, let's give it over to Henry and Dave. Um, hello, listeners, last podcast on the left. I am at Dave Willis's home, which is at, what is the address? 596. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he has two lovely children, a beautiful wife, completely vulnerable here on the hill in Atlanta. Um, and it's so nice. I'm here. We're doing your pretty phrase, going to hell, season three. As you probably know, I've talked about it a million times, uh, and I'm largely alone here. As you've heard of my tales in Atlanta, I'm pretty much 24-7 alone with my thoughts. Mostly I've been watching uh, the uh, Made in the USA O.J. Simpson documentary, which is awesome. But he fucking cut that woman's head off real bad. That's what I heard. I haven't seen it yet, but I heard like those images are just... jar. I read an article where the guy says that that he said he felt like something grazed his soul when he saw those pictures. Yeah, he definitely went at her like he was trimming a hedge. Yeah. But he's a great football player. He is. He was really good in his prime. He really was. Until and those, he blew out his knee. He was persons. so good. He was so good. He was so good. I mean, two thousand yards. Not many. To- not many people been able to pull that off. And then have the energy to kill your wife and her karate loving model boyfriend. <laughs> Everybody, he he got upset, but I'm not saying he's innocent. I mean, we got we got him good. We got him good. He's happy. He's doing bad in jail right now. Um, but so as you know, uh, when I am recording this podcast, a lot of times it's Dave listens to the podcast. Um, his wife Lisa listens to the podcast. Um, I do a lot of independent research on aliens, twenty four seven. It's kind of an ongoing. Uh, thing in my life and when I'm alone I have no one to talk to about it and literally drives me to a point of uh, anxiety slash depression that is uh, probably unhealthy to the point where I'm screaming at stop signs being like you're telling me to stop <laughs> just just being unhinged um, and so I thought maybe we'd sit here and we'd talk about aliens so maybe we could do a little bit of Henry Soprowski and Dave Willis unplugged on UFOs yeah. here in your home in fairness Henry I don't know there's not a whole lot that I can bring to the conversation as far as facts and as far as knowing much about uh, UFOs. But the best part, that's why I have you here. So I get to yell at you. Also, um, all information about UFOs is technically false. So anything that I know 
is also wrong. Well, one thing you mentioned to me earlier, you said that they uh, they were photoshopping UFOs out of pictures, which I had no idea. Got to do it because they're fucking everywhere. <laughs> Because if you didn't Photoshop the UFOs out of the NASA pictures, that's all we'd be seeing. No one would be, look- no one would be looking at fucking Saturn. Because there's Zigzor out there fucking a huge woman. Because that's how I always imagine aliens. I think greys love huge women because you could fit a lot of eggs in them. <laughs> Who's Zigzor? Zigzor fucking the gray. Probably the tall white. Because I think the bosses get the bosses get to fuck because they make the baby. You know, they make hybrids. This is going to be a big leap in information that Dave does not understand. They make hybrids. A part of their plan is to breed themselves with humankind to make stronger. Technically, what they're supposed to do is change the idea of attractiveness in America by making wayfish humans, by having sex with humans, mixing gray uh, DNA with human DNA in order to make more tra- make us believe that that's an attractive thing. So we welcome the overcoming takeover by the alien races, various alien races that watch. So us. they're even. Pushing things further towards uh, anorexic, thin. They're kinda. doing it. They're the ones doing it. How do they bear children if without childbearing hips and? Well, I'm really glad you asked. And this. mammary um, filled glands that nourish the young. Well, I'm certain it's got a lot to do with it. But I also believe well, the greys, the tiny greys, are robots. They're biomechanical robots created by the tall whites that use them to do their bidding. They're like their butlers. The tall whites are like our tall whites, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, the people that started this country, the the, the big bad whites, Robert, Robert Rupert Murdoch, <laughs> David Cameron, Dave Willis. The people that control the media the guy in this that country. Did Virgin Airways. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, that, that guy. guy. <laughs> yes, um, but uh, there's uh, there's a lot of that too. But you know, I I do believe that UFOs are real in in a, in a many contextual way. I think that they're an interdimensional actual physical craft. I think that they can be physical, but partially they're kind of connected to our brains, right? Like we manifest them. But don't you think it's? In, I mean. Not not to put the car before the horse, but the fact that they come here to breed with us, they have the technology and the ability and they're far beyond and still it's a little self-absorbed to think that they, why would they even come here to have sex with us? And to fuck. Create? They come to fuck. <laughs> They come because we're ready to fuck. We're down to fuck. Think about Barney Hill. I always think about when they, we did an episode about Barney and Betty Hill, which are an interracial couple that were uh, abducted by aliens. And it's a part of the one thing that Barney Hill never wanted to talk about was that they put a genital cuff on him that made him orgasm, right? It was like this thing, and it made him grow these weird growths around the outside of his penis. But what he won't say, which I think he wanted to say, is that it was fucking great. <laughs> it made him come big time and he was and he loved it and he didn't want to talk about it and they're just very good at it but it was one of those sort of Stockholm Syndrome things like he was like no no please don't put the cuff on but over time he loved it do you, do you believe in UFOs have you ever seen anything like a UFO uh no no, I, I can emphatically say that I've never seen anything even remotely close to a UFO. But I do believe in life. Uh, uh, yes, of course. There's got to be life elsewhere. It's just, I mean, it's infinite. I mean, there's got to be. There's got to be, right? There's got to be some other sustaining area. that. And, and how do you define life? I mean, there's all these definitions for what 
to find, I'm sure you know. Like, I mean, I know it's alive if it can come here and milk us for our cum. <laughs> of course. <laughs> then it's definitely alive. Yes. No, that meets the definition probably, <laughs> the scientific definition, if it can somehow come down here with giant manacles. Let's <laughs> see if it squirts. <laughs> yes. Well, that's definitely alive. <laughs> that thing that just put that thing on my genitals, <laughs> that meets the definition. Um, have you ever seen anything like that, like a ghost or a vampire? Have you ever seen a, a, wer- <laughs> a werewolf? <laughs> no, I, no. No, absolutely, emphatically not. I don't think I've ever had any sort of uh, any 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 sort of mystical experience with other beings from other planes. But but I do believe that in. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in ghosts. I do believe that there are aliens. There has to be. Well, I'm getting rid of the term ghost. Okay. I hate the word. Ter- I hate. The, I almost. I'm almost having problems with the term alien. Because I don't think there's anything like that. I think in the end, there's some sort of, they're all the same thing. Eventually, there's going to be some code saying that the ghosts and aliens are both the same part of interdimensional sort of aberrant thing that we pick up because our brains are antennas. Right. Right. No, I get that. I get that. It makes sense. It makes sense, Henry. It's interesting. But I think everybody has an opinion. Like, I, that's why I like aliens so much is because I think that it is a uh, very, of course, it's a contentious belief. And a lot of people that uh, that have experienced UFOs, like something like UFOs, are being abducted. A lot of times they um, become either implacably nerdy. They become super nerds and they can never be normal ever again. Or they're so traumatized that their whole lives are now garbage and they have to spend their lives going from person to person being like, they stuck it in me. They stuck it in me and I know they have my babies. You know, Don't like, you think it's some, like some of those people are like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, though? It's like one of these things where they want to see it, they want to believe, and then they then they see something and it makes them believe. Yeah, I think they, it's a, like it's like a LeBron situation where he wanted the ring and he wanted to bring it back to Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a part of it because it gives them something something to talk about. Because normally they're just they're just a mouth breather that like lives in South Dakota. That's actually not true. There's many intelligent people who have seen UFOs. The, the you know the governor of Arizona when he saw the Phoenix Lights. You ever seen the Phoenix Lights? No. Phoenix Lights. Watch video on the Phoenix Lights. I'll just send you stuff in the night. I got to tell you, I, I'm so, the more we talk about this, the more I realize that maybe I don't even have curiosity about this. <laughs> not only do I not have information, but I don't have okay I don't have the quest or the desire to to acquire the information. Well, then let me try to whet your appetite and see if I can talk to you about some of the stuff I've been reading about. So I wanted to kind of pick at some of the baby topics that I have been reading about alone. Okay. I want to see what you think. All right. All right. So one term. Do you know anything about the real men in black? Uh, no, I do not. So now they're not just David Duchovny and 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 uh, Gillian Anderson, right? It's not just the extras. Sure. sure. Men in black are a phenomenon that's known as pe- people that uh, basically who have reported seeing a UFO or being abducted by a UFO who reported to the government. Say a lot of times they get visited by very strange men dressed all in black that seem to not know what it's like to be human and told to not tell anybody. Ugh. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> this is a problem. You coated the mic with garlic, <laughs> garlic from a, a bunch of shrimp scampi and, yeah. uh, and beer here. So Thank God we've got the tube sock on there <laughs> to protect your equipment, but not my face from your Dave, violent outburst. Dave has soundly criticized my recording techniques that I have been using for years alone in hotel rooms. I know he's a professional. Um, but the idea is that men in black, so men in black are these weird, semi-human creatures that meet people that have seen UFOs that may work for our government, so our tax dollars are paying their fucking benefits, right? (laughs) And tell them to not talk about their experiences. Instead, it started about 1953 um, with a, a, a case involving a man named Albert K. Bender. Albie Bender. Now, Bender was the founder of the International Flying Saucer Bureau, which means he is a fucking worthless nerd at the time. I thought you were asking me to complete your (laughs) (laughs) I was like, one of the tall whites? (laughs) Do I have to be serious? I'm zoning out. Uh, Uh, What did he say? Grace. He's one of the grays. You cannot cannot zone out. This is important. This is why you're here, all right? My girlfriend just got here. I have a three-day grace period where I'm allowed to, where I can't talk about UFOs until it's over. All right? So late in the summer, 1953, Bender made a series of discoveries which led him to believe that he had finally found the truth to the UFO cover-up. He had planned to reveal his findings in the October issue of The Space Review, which is a magazine he founded himself. That's how good he was. But before the issue was published, Bender was visited by three men dressed in black who had already read the unpublished report somehow and confirmed his findings. The silencers, as he called them, scared Bender to the point where he did not publish the report, but left a warning, we advise those engaged in saucer work to please be very cautious. <laughs> what do you think about that? What does he mean, saucer work? Like, like <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean, he, is he, I lost that. Is he warning the government? Is he warning the bender to not release his fucking secret report that he had found saying that he knew the truth about UFOs? Right. Okay. Well, I mean... You're doubting me. No. Your doubt no, no, in me no, no, is no, no, affecting no. me. No, no, no. Look, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Like, I mean, the Mormon religion was started by that guy who brought those tablets. But he was know? just doing anything to keep the six 16-year-olds he was fucking in the tent. That's true. That's very true. That's very true. But do you think that there was some sort of ulterior motive by Bender? Well, You're- definitely. In the end, he started a magazine. He's got to make some money. Right. right, that's the problem with all of these UFO things. As soon as it ties to the, well, first you've got to buy my tape. First you've got to buy my book. That means you know, it's like, well, this guy needs money mostly because of the fact he either saw a UFO and it made him unhirable, mm-hmm. like because all he does is now scream and rant about he saw a UFO. Right, right, right. Or he's d- d- lying. What did Bender do for a living? What is, what was he his- created Space Review Magazine. <laughs> So, an entrepreneur. He was, yes. So, he is self employed. Yes, self employed. Independent publisher. And that's what he did. That's, that's the problem is that if you follow the money, it goes back to Albert K. Bender's follow the Follow the lack of money. <laughs> follow the lack of money. <laughs> Just cut to him. Go back to his. <laughs> Go to the attic bedroom where he's staying with his mom and. Well, I'm going to read you another story that I really All like right. about Men in Black. Okay, good. All right, because this is what I saw. You're just, you are now a captive of me. I know I'm in your home. Yes. He's got lovely, there's gourds here that's very nice that can only be in the home of a nice, a nice family, a good, <laughs> well-to-do family. They've got many plates. You have like 40 plates. 
Yes, we have like a Pottery Barn rack over here. That's many this plates. A, yes, yes. I have four plates. Uh, but they're all paper. <laughs> <laughs> um, and your children aren't here, which is really nice. Which is yes, yes. Oh. We can we can be loud. Also, I sit. I accidentally walk Look, into my, your my, neighbor's yeah, house. Yeah, my son's very impressionable. At this, it's very good that he's not here because I think he would pick up on this thread. I think he would be my uh, acolyte. <laughs> can yeah. I call him my acolyte? Well, you know, I mean, he told me he was an atheist like a year ago, but he's but he said, you know, I think the Greek, I think the Greek gods could exist, though. <laughs> it's like you can't you can't have it both ways, Percy Jackson. <laughs> I like how you either, if you believe if you don't believe in Jesus, you can't believe in Mercury as well. You cannot. Yes. All right. So this one's called Adele, not Big Adele. It could be though. Right. 1968. Location: North Yorkshire. Adele, it's a pseudonym, so don't worry. Okay. She was 16 at the time. Nice. Answered the door to what appeared to be a very... I'm sorry. <laughs> Briefly became Borat there. <laughs> nice. I was... Because I was doing it today on Pretty Face for like a half an hour. When I was doing... When I went in, there's the, a the whole section where I'm a beaver trying to make a bunch of horny beavers chase me. And I kept going, do I make you horny, baby? I'm Austin Powers. So I was doing that for a while. I'm going to take it back through the other end. I'm just going to bust in through the back door with yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 20 years later. Um... <clears throat> Adele, a pseudonym, was 16 at the time, answered the door to what appeared to be a very strange insurance salesman. He was tall, wore a black suit and tie, and had a florid complexion. Do you know what that word means? Rubicund. Rubicund. (laughs) (laughs) Will you join me in the Rubicund? (laughs) After staring at the 16-year-old... And smiling for an unnerving length of time, he jerked into action and asked Adele, Do you have insurance? Is it now? Adele later remarked that his voice seemed to be computerized. So, do you have insurance? Is it now? She suggested that the insurance salesman come back later when her parents were home. At that moment, the man suddenly began to sweat profusely. He removed his hat to reveal a bald and extremely pale head. Adele could now see that he was wearing makeup to darken his face. Can I see a glass of water? The men in black asked. Inviting the man in, Adele fetched him a glass of water, and he did just that. He looked at the glass of water and set it aside. Next, he turned his attention to a clock on the mantelpiece. Adele told the men in black that the clock was her father's retirement present, at which he seemed baffled. Is it your father's time? he asked. Is it here and now? Is it here and now? Is it here and now? Then the men in black seemed to freak out like a malfunctioning robot. You began repeating, your father, his time, your father, his time, over and over again and became stiff and immobile. Turning to the door, he had to use his hands to move one of his legs. He told Adele to watch the lights before leaving in a hurry, disappearing down the street impossibly quickly. What did he mean when he said watch the lights? Adele would soon find out. Shortly after the men in black left, Adele's living room filled with small bright lights, which danced around before exiting through the window. All right. Not fake. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, there's not, I mean, there's not like a smoking gun. I mean, it's not like, like his faceplate came off like in Westworld. No, no, no. No, (laughs) No, no. I mean, it's like, I mean, he sort of acted like an immigrant that maybe couldn't, like, couldn't speak the language. I think that maybe she meant computerized voice and possibly it was just an Indian accent. Yeah, it would be more interesting if it was like, you know, he grabbed a 
grabbed a glass of water and <laughs> said something like, you know, I couldn't possibly ingest this because of my interior circuits, but this is clearly a liquid that forms many of you humans. <laughs> It's that would like, be that's a problem. It's too on the nose for them. A little more too telltale, right? Well, the, the men in black have these things just pop up all the time, right? It's that they say that they, they wear lipstick, they wear different. They show up to places where people have said they've seen UFOs, and they are they just act like they have never been a human being before. They don't know how to use doors. They don't know how to order food. They don't eat. They'll order food, won't eat it. They'll chew it and spit it out, right? But they also say that the men in black. So this is just the history of of people having encounters with men in. Black. But my question is like why why did they why did they come? Are they there to wipe her memory? Are they there to That's a very good question. I mean what's their purpose there? To watch the lights? I mean what did the lights do? What did the did the lights provide information or it's cool? <laughs> Maybe they're just cool. Maybe she he's just like before that he was like, You should probably smoke a little weed. <laughs> Before you do it. So they come all this way just to fucking show off, basically. Like, but I actually wonder if that there's a lot to that with alien culture just in general. If they just show up and do like a Blue Angels kind of flyby and see, poose, bye. I was like, I don't know. We see the, and then what I'm now getting to, my problem is the next level that I want to start talking to you about that I literally cannot do is that they're, in our favorite website, Bibliotheca Pleiades, they have a whole thing about the men in black and their magical origins where they believe that there's something tied to essentially reptilian. Okay. So, if you want to go back in the You're day... You're having to build a clock for me, right? <laughs> this is my dad's expression where he's like, yeah, I know you want to know the time, but I'm going to build a clock for you. That's my whole life. Yes. All right. About aliens. No, this is just dumb. This whole, like this is going to be... I can't even begin to explain this because what this is is essentially men in black have something to do with the reptilians who place themselves within the Illuminati secret societies at the beginning. And what they did was essentially far technology back in the ancient times which to them thought they thought was magic so this idea that men in black are actually just aliens that work for the government that are so deep 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 inside the government that they work for them the thing i don't get about the government though is like i mean some of those people are elected and some of them are appointed and these are like but are all elections elections Okay. Follow right. the money. Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, you're going one step deep for me. Uh, no, no. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. That's I mean, true, well, though. No, it's like I mean, technically, they are. But wouldn't they? Wouldn't they, I mean, if so, like a bureaucrat wouldn't they be like, you know, Gary's been here like Jesus. I mean, he's been here 110 years, <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't look like he's aged, really. I mean, <laughs> it's a miracle. It's got to be moisturizer. <laughs> <laughs> he smokes a pack a day and he says he doesn't know what food is. I, I just saw him. I just go. He goes to lunch, you know. He goes with us to Moe's. He doesn't order anything except water. Just, and then he looks at it. He, he eyeballs it, sniffs it, and then throws it at someone and then leaves. I've never seen reports so neat. <laughs> And still, he keeps it up. He keeps going. Great guy, though. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, that's like, but there's also a story of a guy named Valiant Thor that they believe is a Venetian that worked with George Bush's grandfather, Vanover Bush, like back in the day. It was one of the original, like, spooks, like part of the OSS, who said they had a purplish tint and would have to wear makeup. And he was a part of this secret space program. But they, there's a, they say that there's a Venusian that works for the U.S. government, and he's been there forever. He's 300 years old. He's got six fingers. He has to wear a special skin-tight suit, like, over himself. 
involved. And they see, they just act like, and they have pictures of him. And you see, it's like, but you don't know what it is. And what I like about UFO also proof is like, it's like an old picture, a bunch of old white men. They're like Vanover Bush. And then their proof is that it's just an arrow that somebody drew on it. And then it said, here he is. And it's just a guy standing there who just kind of looks Greek. Mm-hmm. Just kind of tan. Yeah. But he's got like he's got like a head that's like three foot <laughs> circumference. He's floating above the chair. <laughs> he's very beautiful. Yeah, but this is um, a head made of complete obsidian. Yes, yeah, like oh, yeah, he's always been strange. He's always been a little off. He won the costume contest every single time for the last 110 years. Um, but that leads me into a little. The other subject that I was going to talk to you briefly about was the secret space program that is going on right now, Dave. And it's going on underneath our noses, and we're letting it happen. You're letting it happen by your actions, your votes, not me. My I'm- actions or my lack of actions. What do you? What am I doing that that is in, that is creating this situation? What are you doing, and what are you not doing? You're a part of the upper echelons of the entertainment industry. You're of a part of the flow of information. If we can put just a little bit of truth concealing, this is what I'm trying to pitch to you about. Your pretty face is going to hell. Just put little. Subconscious, we put subliminal messaging into the show. I would and love put, to do that. Yeah. Put research MK Ultra. Yeah. Research Gary McKinnon. I would. Yeah, absolutely. I think our legal department would find it, but but yeah, why not? Do you think they'd get upset? I don't know. I think they would ask. I mean, mostly as long as it doesn't involve an erection or like fecal matter that is brown. That's all they no, care about. That's more about. standards and practices. But yes, that's all they they tend to care about. So they as long as it's not like a popular song or anything that we could be sued over, I think they'd be fine if we said research Gary McKinnon. If we try to destabilize the union? Well, yeah, anything we can do to destabilize the union through our uh, show that airs at 1230 <laughs> at night on Cartoon Network when it switches over to Adult Swim. Please buy ads, Pepsi Cola. Yes. Just put that in there. Get the ad execs hypnotized. Well, what, what, what would you, like, how would, how would that destabilize? I mean, what would you want to do? We gotta, you have to incept people on the idea. Oh, like the movie? Like, like the movie. <laughs> okay. you gotta have, it's got to appear three times for people to be into it, right? And they've got to research it. Yes, Gary McKinnon. Well, for those of you who don't know, Gary McKinnon is an autistic hacker from Scotland who hacked into the NSA and supposedly found proof of a secret space program that is going on right now. Um, and he does talk like a men in black. Well, we have a, li- I mean, we have a limited mar- marketing and PR budget, so like, probably the first thing we would do is probably use whatever resources we have to just push people towards the show just the show just in the general. show in general and then then we can talk about destabilizing the union i mean but like you know when you talk about ideas i mean like we have access to like maybe one t-shirt cannon <laughs> like is there a way that we could destabilize the union one t-shirt koozies <laughs> that's what we got to do you just put it in there it's like when they, when they draw cocks and the little mermaid posters right but right. i think that was essentially to make kids horny <laughs> I think that was that before. Get him horny for the Little Mermaid, which I already was. <laughs> of course, of course. But would we, really, there are cocks in that Little Mermaid. Post? Yeah, you've never seen that. No. Disney's a lot of stuff with Disney where they write sex in the clouds and stuff like that. It's get people thinking oh, about I have, sex. I have a poster somewhere where uh, a Disney animator apparently got fired, and then he he drew this. Po- have you seen this poster? No. Oh, it's it's just pornographic. It's like like Huey, Dewey, and Louie all pulling a train. <laughs> Excellent. Like, it is like every 
major iconic Disney character in some sort of 69 or fellating each other or just some gang rape of the dwarves on Snow White. So it's this like, is not on Netflix yet? This is not make it to DVD? This exists. This wow. I have it somewhere. I would I love to see that. It's not like some sort of Mad Magazine type thing. No, like it's, it's like hardcore le- pornography. It's le- but it was legit done by an animator, a disgruntled animator that got fired and was like, fine. Fuck it. Yeah. Here we go. Come after let, me, let it roll. Come come get me. And he was like, mm, let me put my exoskeleton on first. Yeah. And then he fucking ripped his fucking balls off. I um we also we watched a, rich, uh, a video that was actually really interesting that found a bunch of footage from the 1960s sign off. Uh, you know when they used to play the, the, back in the day how they used to play like a sign off like sort of like they play the national anthem they play like a bunch of like, right, American right, right, images. Right. Sure. There was an edition of it at some point that had the words to the Star Spangled Banner in like printed on it, and subliminally they put things on there like as the letters fade into the next letters it says God is great believe in God and then it starts believe in government God and then it says ultra 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 it's like all of this shit and what we Marcus and I were talking about is that we believe that it's a a proposed trigger mechanism for what they thought was going to be the MK ultra uh, what is the MK Ultra? MK Ultra. Am I walking everyone through no, no, shit I mean, that know, they already know? Everyone likes to hear about it. All right. Because it's real. The MK Ultra is real. MK Ultra is a part, it was a, a super spy training program that the original version of the CIA, the OSS, created in the 1950s. And the goal was they took it from Nazi scientists. And the goal was they figured out is that if they could possibly break a person's personality into a bunch of chunks, you can make it so that they are uninterrogatable, that they can hide secrets within multiple personalities. And train them like literally like takes like Manchurian candidate right. where you can break somebody's personality apart and then train one faction of it and and make it a killer or make it like give it secret information and then mask it using hypnotism and they and and then what you do is they'd hear like a command word or phrase and they would turn on they would become the thing like Jason Bourne or like uh, what was the movie with the guy from the. Facebook movie, you know what I'm talking about. Zuckerberg's no, Limitless. No, no, you know, you know what it was. It was, it was not a great movie. It was, oh, the uh, one with Jesse Eisenberg. Yes, that one. Go. I forget yeah, what it's called. Yeah, 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 yes, that's what it's like. American sort of the Ultra. idea. Yep, there yes. you go. Ultra. Yes. All right. And so, but the concept was is that they basically, had it, but, but what they ended up doing was driving a bunch of people insane, and then the the process never worked. It ruined a bunch of people's lives. And they would like keep them awake for days. They'd use hypnotism. They would feed them acid. They would feed them like uppers and downers and torture them and destroy, like basically destroy their entire lives. Right. And then they, I th- what I think is in certain ways they would put little signals out like this. They were like put up the infrastructure of being like, because they also used to randomly dose whole towns water systems with LSD. That was a common thing the CIA <laughs> used to just do. Right. And so they used to just put out that money. And they used to, but what I think what happened is that they would fill out like feeler ones where it'd be like okay we put out the LSD in fucking um, Allentown's water <laughs> like, we're gonna see what happens and then it's just gonna be like we're gonna put up a trigger mechanism and see if a bunch of people go insane and then they don't and they're like fuck we just wasted a bunch of money <laughs> really they would dose like a whole town yeah they did it in New York <laughs> they would they try to liquefy LSD and put it out of a muffler of a car while driving around, like try to just shoot a vaporized LSD just to see how people handle it, how society can possibly break down if everybody's tripping balls. Well, didn't they didn't they have people like didn't somebody like jump out of a window like they had a guy mm-hmm. who jumped out of a window? They right? dosed him. Yeah. I mean, what did, what did they tell the family? <laughs> She's like, that guy was sad. 
You should have seen him around the office. <laughs> he told me he was very... He wore a veil. He was so sad. He kept crying on a rose. I told him to kill himself. And that's on me. That's on me. Here's $100. I'm sorry. We're all very sorry. Um, well, I've kind of put you through this for like a half an hour. Well, no, no, no. You put me through this every day. I mean, yes, you are whole, our whole lives <laughs> are working is, together. This, this is just is, the beginning. This, this just is a just a recorded version. <laughs> this, this is a stand <laughs> What do you think of the chicken? <laughs> I mean, I can't get, can't get through like a drumstick without hearing about MK Ultra and fucking the, the tall whites. And I still have family. I still have friends. So, you know, we're just spreading the truth one, one bit at a time. I, th- I think that's fascinating, though, that, that, uh, because those, those LSD experiment, experiments by the CIA, I mean, that's just insane. And think about how strong their LSD was. But also, that was like made in, that wasn't made by like Derek and his fucking dorm room. That was made by like a scientist who's like, this will make you freak out hardly. <laughs> and he's just like, what's freak out mean? <laughs> oh, we'll see soon, won't we? <laughs> I mean, can you imagine coming from a 50s mentality too of just like like this could be in your wife or why gene well. <laughs> gee sally that was some dynamite milkshake so all of a sudden he's just like there are other worlds than these we've dosed his vanilla malt <laughs> i am colors i have never not been colors seem like so you're gonna go to work today gene or um there is no work <laughs> There's no such thing as work. There's no such thing as time, you bitch. It's like screaming in the living room. Um, but thank you for having me. I want to. I want to have Lisa come on and at least come say on, hi. Talk, talk. Lisa listens to the podcast all talk, the time. Talk and about talk about being a ghost. Uh, talk about being a ghost. Yes. Talk about being a ghost. I'm married to a ghost. I don't believe in them, but I'm married to one. Yeah, I had an experience when I lived in Baton Rouge. It was a while ago, and I was living with some friends of mine in this old house. And they were out of town. They were in New Orleans, and I lived with them for a year probably. And it was 11 o'clock at night. Um, and I was, well, you were in New Orleans. It was like the most haunted place in the face of the planet. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hearing like someone walking around these old wooden floors real heavy. So I thought, well, they came back home or one of their crazy friends came in or something. So I yelled down, and I'm like, hey, who's there? And I don't hear anything. And I keep yelling down, and no one answers. And then I hear boxes like pushed up against, like pushed around the house, like Really, and you could hear someone just stomping around the floor, and there was no porch or anything. So after about an hour of this, I started getting a little freaked out, and I called 911, and two policemen came over, didn't see anything, walked around um, the house. I think the scariest, well, then when I talked to my friends about it when they got home, they said, yeah, they had bought the house from someone who committed suicide, and that they had had an experience where they were sitting downstairs and thought someone walked upstairs and they were calling to the person and never um, heard any response. It was not really anyone in the house. But I think the probably the scariest thing was when the policemen were leaving, one of the policemen picked up this big butcher knife out of the sink and then started like pointing it to me, making the sounds from Psycho. <laughs> It's like, thank you. Thank so you, that officer. That was probably the worst part of that whole experience. But it did make me think there, you know, I, I mean, it wasn't that exciting, but it was something inexplicable. Well, I'm Seriously. terrified now. Yes. Of your family. I'm terrified of this. Um, thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me in your house. All right. Well, thank for, you for being here. For coming in. Yes. They have opened the door and insinuating that it is time for me to leave. <laughs> I will go. Would you like a glass of water to look at? <laughs> to ponder? All right. Hail Satan and thank you for listening. Goodbye. 
And it was just as crazy as we thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful job, uh, Henry. And, uh, you know, thanks for taking the bullet, Dave. Yeah, appreciate now, it. Now you know what I've been going through the past four years. Well, I'm a little bit more on the level. So, yeah, it's what you've been going through. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Thank you guys so much for listening to this special episode. Marcus, what do we have to tell him? Uh, if you guys want to give to our Patreon, go to patreon.com slash lastpodcast on the left. We really appreciate all the support that everyone yeah. has been giving us. It's overwhelming. Actually, thank you so much, and we've got a lot of rewards uh, for you. Go check it out: Patreon.com/slash Last Podcast on the left. We're coming back to Baltimore. Mm. Uh, that is going to be here next, or that's going to be in August. Uh, so go check out uh, the Auto Bar website. We're going back to Auto Bar. We're doing the downstairs this time, right. uh, and there's also a Facebook event that you can search for and grab tickets there. Uh, we sold out Los Angeles. Awesome! Can't wait for that show. That's coming up here real soon. Uh, uh, and, uh, of course, our England shows are coming up uh, very soon as well. In October, we've sold out One Night in London. We've sold out Manchester. We've almost sold out Glasgow and our second London night. So do not wait to get those tickets because they will absolutely sell out. In- Go to gigsandtours.com uh, to get your tickets for that. Uh, uh, unbelievable. I want to give a special thank you to everyone uh, in D.C. We did the Kennedy Center. Oh, we'll, give a, we'll give a larger thank you in the next episode. But, my God, we had such an amazing weekend. I can't believe JFK let us play his theater. <laughs> and uh, sp- special thank you to Jen Tisdale yeah. for setting that up uh, and for uh, warming up the crowd for us. Roasting our list. <laughs> she roasted him. <laughs> yes, she did. It was absolutely remarkable. Thank you so much for listening and supporting uh, all the shows, listening to and supporting all the shows here on Cave Comedy Radio, uh, the round table of gentlemen sex and other human activities page seven the lucky bone show a blinken's top at we really appreciate it the numbers are looking amazing and it couldn't happen without your support yeah absolutely it's been a long hard road but you guys have stuck with us and we could not have done it without you thank you so much for supporting the show we could not thank you enough all right hail yourselves and hail gene and for henry hail me <laughs> and magustalation to soul base for more shows like the one you just listened to go to cavecomedyradio.com 